Uh, good morning, church. Coming to you today from Kiernet Pregnancy Center right here in Vero Beach. Hey, this is a mission and a ministry where women come who are wrestling with and considering God's high call to motherhood. And here, they will receive encouragement, support, and equipping to accept that call, even though for many of them, it's under very challenging circumstances. Just as for Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her first pregnancy had very challenging circumstances as well. But I thought, what a perfect location and environment for us to talk about obeying the command to honor your father and your mother. Now, we're going to focus on honoring our mothers today. Maybe we'll come back on Father's Day and talk about that part of it, but today it's all about the moms. And as you know, we are in a sermon series entitled Obey Everything, taken from the Great Commission that Jesus gave. And we're looking at the commands of Jesus specifically in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, the command to honor your father and your mother was first given in the Old Testament, as you know. It's one of the top ten. It's the fifth in the list of the Ten Commandments. But it is repeated by Jesus in Matthew chapter 15. And so we're going to talk today thinking about Jesus and his example and how he honored his mother. We're going to take our cues from his example. Again, just in the Gospel of Matthew and look at three ways that we can honor our mothers. Now, first of all, we honor them, and the word honor means to pay tribute to, to uh, reverence, and to value. We honor our mothers by choice, by choice. If you remember, uh, before Jesus was born, the angel visited Mary and Joseph and made some pronouncements. And afterward, Matthew records, Matthew chapter 1, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look. The virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now this simply indicates, among other things, that Mary was personally selected and chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus. I mean, this was a prophecy that was given 800 years before it was fulfilled by Isaiah. Well, that's because God knows the end from the beginning. He's all-knowing. And Christ is the second person in the Trinity of the Godhood. Christ himself is God. So, in a sense, Jesus chose his own mother. And I was thinking about this, and think about it with me. I think that Jesus is probably the only person in human history who chose his own mother. And we don't get to choose our own mother, but we can choose to obey the command to honor our mother. And Jesus chose well. I think you would agree. Mary was a great choice. In fact, <clears throat> Mary's reaction to her choice, although this must have been intimidating, was the Lord has blessed me. And her cousin Elizabeth, when she found out that Mary had been chosen for this honor, said, you are blessed amongst all women of the earth. Mary had some great qualities. She was very courageous. She was a tough mother. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but she was a tough mother. You think about it, she gave birth in a barn. 
And it wasn't in her hometown. It was in a strange town of Bethlehem. And her mother wasn't there. Her sisters wasn't there. The midwife wasn't there. None of the support systems that you like to have, especially if you're giving birth to your very first child. I mean, she was tough. And when Jesus was just two years old because of threats to his life, Mary and Joseph and toddler Jesus had to pull up stakes and flee to Egypt, a foreign country, and live there in Egypt where they're all walking and talking like Egyptians, not like Israelites. After time went by, they eventually came back to Nazareth. But Mary was very courageous and very tough. She was also a, very, a loving mother. There are several times where the scriptures record that Mary treasured things up about Jesus in her heart. After the shepherds had visited and the angels made their pronouncements, Mary treasured that up in her heart. Uh, after Jesus, remember that incident when he was 12 years old and, and they couldn't find him for three days and they finally found him in the temple and he's conversing with the priest there about deep spiritual issues and he said, I had to be about my father's business. And the Bible says Mary treasured that up in her heart uh, because she loved Jesus. Just like many of you mothers maybe have a scrapbook with your firstborn. I know you don't do this for the secondborn, the thirdborn, but for that firstborn, you got this scrapbook full of memories. Here's where Junior crawled first, and you mark it down where Junior ate his first solid food, and Junior took his first steps, and Junior said, Mommy, and Junior said, Daddy. And you treasure those things up in your heart out of love. Well, Mary did that uh, for Jesus as well. And Mary was a very faithful mother. We've got that scene at the end of Jesus' life where he is crucified and most of the disciples are nowhere to be found. They've run away. But Mary is standing right there at the cross. And you talk about tough. Think of the internal constitution that she must have had to observe Jesus and this ordeal that he is going through. So Mary was a great godly woman, courageous, tough, She's faithful. She's loving. And Jesus honored her. Now, many of us, likewise, have godly mothers with these great qualities. Many of us guys, we married women, the mother of our children, also godly women who are courageous and they're tough and they're faithful and they're loving. And for us, it's kind of easy and natural to honor our mothers, to show them value and tribute and praise. But I want to speak to a slightly different circumstance. Uh, what if you, in your experience with your mother, you know, it wasn't like that. What if your mother was not a godly woman? I mean, what if she was not faithful, not loving, not caring, maybe even, maybe even abusive, dysfunctional, or addicted, or passive? when you might have been abused by someone else and she didn't step up to prevent that. And here it is Mother's Day and there's a preacher saying, we're honor your mother. What are you to make of that? How are you to feel about that? Well, first of all, let me just say this. <clears throat> I don't want to oversimplify the answer to that question or that, that issue. It, it can be very complex. And it may call for some professional Christian counseling to work through those kinds of issues. I mean, we, talk, we, we joke about 
daddy issues and mommy issues, but, but really our, those parenting issues are huge in our lives. And it, it, it may call for some Christian counseling. But having said that, in general, even if our experience with our own mother has not been that great, we still have a choice. We can choose to honor our mother, and we should. I want to read you something that Dallas Willard said in his book, The Divine Conspiracy. Each of us have a deep need to honor our parents. That means to be thankful for their existence and to respect their actual role as givers of life. Of course, in order to honor them in this, we will usually need to have mercy on them. For even if they were good people, it's almost always true that they have been quite wrong in many respects and possibly still are. Those who have experienced great antagonism with their parents are often only able to be thankful for their existence and honor them after their parents have grown old. Then it's possible to have pity on them, and that opens the door to honoring them with a certain sadness, perhaps, but also with joy and peace at last. One of the greatest gifts of the kingdom is the healing of the parent-child relationship. Now, so that's the first way we can honor our mothers. As we move into my second point, we talk about the second way to honor by provision. We want to move to a different location and show off a little bit more of the CareNet Pregnancy Center. All right, church, we have relocated now inside the CareNet facility and we are in their brand new ultrasound room. They have just received and today have set up their ultrasound and back behind me you see a screenshot of a little baby that was taken by this ultrasound machine. We're real happy for them. A second way that we honor mothers is to honor by provision. To honor by provision. Now in Matthew chapter 15 Jesus is talking to the Pharisees about a big mistake that they have made. In Matthew chapter 15, 3, God says, Honor your father and mother. But you say, It is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say, they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Now, the Pharisees were notorious hypocrites, and they had a bad habit of creating these tortured interpretations of the clear-cut, straightforward commandments of God in the Bible. And although Jesus could have selected many examples to call them out for it, he chose the fifth commandment that has to do with honoring your father and your mother. And by the time the Pharisees got done with it, they're actually steering people to do the exact opposite of what God wanted them to do. For instance, when folks' parents got more elderly and maybe needed some financial support, the Pharisees would say to their parents, Hey, Mom, I know you're not eating so well because you can't afford to buy food. Dad, I know you're not doing so well because you're about to be out on the street. I'd love to help you out. I do have some funds here, but I'm a man of God. All of my money is dedicated to the Lord. 
So you can see how God would not be pleased if I took some of his money and gave it to you. They were actually saying that. It was called the law of Corbin. They're using God to do a workaround so they wouldn't honor their mother and their father. And I sense a lot of anger from Jesus as he calls them out. He is incensed about this. In fact, later on, his disciples said, Jesus, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Well, Jesus didn't say, oh my, well, let me go apologize. Jesus responded, ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind guides another, they both will fall into a pit. And you can almost hear them thinking, and I hope they do. They deserve to. Well, Jesus is serious about honoring our mothers via provision. He did that himself. Jesus provided for his mother. Most scholars believe that Joseph passed away early on in Jesus' life, and so Jesus became the breadwinner and the provider for his mother and for his younger brothers and sisters. He worked in that carpenter shop until he was 30 years old for that reason, and then he handed over the family business to one of his older brothers, and he began his three-and-a-half-year public ministry as an itinerant preacher. Even toward the end of his life, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, his thoughts were for his mother, and he made provision for her by entrusting her into the care of his best friend. Apparently, his, maybe his brothers weren't doing that great of a job, so he entrusted her into the care of John. So Jesus provided for his mother. Well, that's an important way that we honor our mothers. Now, that provision can come in different ways, and it may be financial. As our parents age and we may, along with our siblings, we may be kicking in some financial support so they can live out their latter years in dignity. Uh, it may be along the lines of emotional or, or psychological or, or, or spiritual support and companionship. I know over the years that I've been here at Vera Christian Church, and we have aged together, I've seen so many examples, inspiring examples, of people in our congregation who have dealt with the issues of aging parents in a beautiful, mature, spiritual, and providing way, giving love, care, compassion, companionship. Um, you know, right now during the coronavirus, people are not even able to visit their loved ones who may be in a nursing home. Well, I'm thinking of one family where uh, they had to make the hard choice to put their mother in a nursing home, and they would go and visit all the time. Now they can't do that, so they began sitting outside her window at the nursing home and just yelling at her to communicate. And then finally they came up with the, with the idea to take a baby monitor and one end of the baby monitor is on the inside of the room, and then the cord snakes through under the window, and they sit with the other end of the baby monitor on the outside, and they're able to communicate in that way. Very creative. I'm not going to name names. I could name so many, but I know I would leave someone out. And people don't do this in order to receive recognition. But I want you to know, for what it's worth, I have seen you, so many of you, and I am inspired by that. And God sees all of you. And I hope I'm not speaking out of term when I say I believe God is proud of you for providing for your mother, whether, whether it's financially or emotionally or with companionship. Kyle Eidelman tells of a family who had to make that hard decision and their mother went into a nursing home, but they would 
visit her faithfully every Sunday. And they would visit with her even though she couldn't always remember their names. And then one Sunday, the daughter was there, and uh, she asked her mom if she knew what day it was. And mom said she couldn't name the day. And she said, well, mom, how do you know to uh, wait for us every Sunday to come and visit you? And mom responded, oh, honey, I wait for you every day. Well, mom is waiting every day. She's waiting today is Mother's Day. But every day for that what? That note, that card, that email, that text, that picture, that phone call, that visit, that companionship, that honor. We're talking about ways that we honor our mother. So we honor by choice. We honor by provision. And then finally, a third way is we honor by faith. We honor by faith. Now, when the women went to visit Jesus' tomb on that Easter Sunday morning, and the tomb was empty, there was an angel there, and the angel said to the women, he's not here, he is risen from the dead. Now, think for a minute about the circumstances of Jesus' birth and their effect on Mary. When Mary was a virgin and engaged to Joseph, but not yet married, she was found to be with child. And there was a stigma attached to unwed motherhood in that day. There may be a little bit today, but it was a hundred times or a thousand times more stigmatized in that day. There were names for women like Mary. And now she knew that she was innocent. They tried to explain, hey, hey it's not what you think. It's not a scandal. Uh, the Holy Spirit came over me, and, I, and I'm carrying the Son of God. And I, what can you imagine the reaction? Oh, yeah, that explains it. The son of, she's carrying the Son of God. Who believed that story? Nobody believed that story. The Bible says even Jesus' own brothers did not believe in him. Well, that means they didn't believe in Mary either. And she lived with that for over 30 years until the time came when Jesus demonstrated beyond all doubt that he was no ordinary man. And when did that happen? Well, at the very least, it happened on the day of his resurrection. And when news came back to all the disciples and, and the women and Mary that the tomb was empty and Jesus had risen from the dead, I can almost envision Mary saying, See, I told you. I was telling the truth all along. His resurrection was vindication for his mother. Now, that's not what the resurrection was all about but it had to be a side benefit for Mary. Uh, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to save the world from sin so we could have forgiveness and eternal life. But that's not just true for the whole world. It was true for Mary. Jesus died so that his mother could have the forgiveness of sin. Remember that song by Mark Lowry, Mary Did You Know, that has the lyrics, This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary is with Jesus now in paradise. And at least one of Jesus' brothers came to believe. I know James, and he's with Jesus now in paradise. Some of your mothers may be with Jesus now in paradise. And I think one of the 
the most important ways that we can honor our mothers, especially if they were godly Christian mothers, is to share their faith. I mean, for many of us, our mothers were one of the first and most important Christian influences in our lives. I mean, if that was true of you, raise your hand where you are right now. My hand is raised. Yeah, I'm looking at That's true of a lot of you out there. Your mother was one of the most important Christian influences in your life. And, and our mother being a Christian, that's not the basis of our faith, but it certainly is a reason to give serious consideration to the claims of Jesus and the gospel because our mothers are smart and wise women. You know, Stephen Curtis Chapman is a name that will be familiar with many of you. He's a well-known, very successful Christian musical artist, singer, songwriter. He was raised by a godly mother, he says, Christian mother, woman of prayer. But when he went off to college, he jettisoned all of her beliefs and his own faith, became a hippie, and lived on the wild side. And he said he came home when he was 19 years old one summer, and his parents were on vacation, and uh, the night before they returned, he decided to smoke some marijuana there in the house, which he did. He says now, in retrospect, he can't believe he defiled that sacred home in that way, but he did. And after he had smoked the marijuana, he cleaned out his pipe with a pipe cleaner, and then he looked at the pipe cleaner and he said, what am I going to do with this? I don't want my mom to find it. So he crumbled it up, and he, he covered it with a bunch of napkins, and he stuck it inside an empty soup can, and then he covered the soup can all up in napkins, and he buried it, he dug down underneath the garbage in the kitchen garbage can and buried it under the bottom. And he went to bed. His parents came home that night. The next morning at 8 a.m., he said his mother came into his room and she sat on the edge of his bed. And she said, Stevie, what is this? And she held up the pipe cleaner. She said, what did you do with this? And Stephen Curtis Chapman said, Mother, how did you find that? She said, God told me where it was. You can't fool God, and you can't fool your mother. Now, it may be the case. I'm sure most everybody watching me right now is currently a Christian. Maybe, maybe not everyone. And if you have a mother who's a godly woman, and she loves you, and she's praying for you, even though you may have strayed away, and she's giving you little nudges and hints and always trying to pull you back to the faith, don't make the mistake of disregarding that. Certainly don't disparage her faith in any way. That would not only be a blasphemy against God, it would be the height of rudeness and disrespect toward a mother. We have to consider, for many of us who've had mothers who never gave up on us, it's probably her prayers that kept us from the wrath of God. And it may be her prayers and her influence that draws us back into his favor and his way and his grace at some point. As Solomon said, Proverbs 15, it's a foolish man who despises his mother. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today for our mothers. We thank you for the gift of life that each one of them chose to give us, just as we are grateful and thankful for the gift of eternal life that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.